I just have not such great eyesight, so I'm afraid that one's a little bit too low. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Do you know, we're so excited to be in the far south. <laughs> we're a bit worried about how far south we are, but we're loving it so far. And uh, apparently there's lamb and stuff. Well, apparently it's the north to some of you Londoners, but uh, it's the far south to us. So my name is Rob, and uh, we are really excited to be here. And so we've all been praying for you. Isn't that great one? Another church prays for your churches. And uh, so I want to start by introducing the team, because they're going to come prophesy over you. Uh, basically, our job today is to encourage you. That's what we've come to do. Uh, prophecy is the spirit of encouragement. And so we're going to just keep encouraging you. So if you don't feel encouraged by the end of today, ask Duncan for your money back. All right. But that is our aim, is to encourage you. So does anybody here need encouragement today at all? One or two. So maybe that's a good thing that we're doing. So I want to introduce the team to you now. So first of all, we have Mark. Mark, do you want to stand up? Have we got a, have we got a microphone for these guys? They're going to prophesy. Uh, Mark, and this is Emily. Emily. And this is Kate. Stand up and wave. Yep. And this is my beautiful wife, Alison. Big cheer, please. Yeah. So do you want to come and share the words that God's given you? And, uh, and then we'll go from there. Hello. I'm a southerner, really, too. So I'm near, near to Kent. Um, uh, what Jesus is going to do, actually, while we're prophesying now, is for some of you, you're going to have visions... Okay, and I want you to know that that's okay. So if you just drift off, because God's speaking to you, we love that. Um, and what he's going to be doing while he does that is that he's going to be restoring dreams that you've had in the past. So if you feel that's you, just engage with the Holy Spirit as he comes on you now. Mm. Okay. Um, I just had a word for you. So I'm sorry, I don't know your name. I'm Mark. Um, what a great choice of name. That's my middle name. Um, and I just feel Jesus wants you to know he's not done with you yet. There's a spirit of intercession that's coming on you. And he wants you to know that the things that are on your heart are on his heart. And, and even situations where you feel frustrated that you can't get to in the spirit you're going to impact. And he just wants you to know that he's really with you. He's not done with you yet. There's a huge grace on you. So uh, bless you. Um, there's also uh, a couple of people here. You've got injured uh, left shoulders um, that Jesus is going to heal right now. I would ask you to put your hand up, but you might find that difficult. Um, one here. Anybody else? Yeah, left shoulders. In Jesus' name, we ask you for your healing presence to come. Oh. I just love it when Jesus does this. He healed my receptionist at work this week. Uh, it was a really bad prayer that I prayed as I walked out of school, and I knew that Jesus was going to do it. So I said, Joe, it'd be great if your shoulder was better, wouldn't it? And she said, yes, it would. I said, in Jesus' name, it needs to be better. Amen. And she went, amen, and I left. And the next day, she came in, she was like, look, Mark, look, look. It's wonderful, isn't it? In Jesus' name, we speak healing blessing. He's going to be doing other things too. And then I feel more corporately that actually there's been a sense of, for you as churches and individuals, of breathing in, of, for some of you that's felt constrictive and like you're holding together, but for others of you it's felt like God is gathering you for something. And this morning is the start of him breathing out. And there's a breathing out that's coming, and that goes in outreach, and that goes in the Spirit of God sending you to new places Ooh, anyone up for that? Jesus, bless these people in Jesus' name. Ooh. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, so there, I just really felt during the worship, there was so much joy, wasn't there? Mm. What an amazing worship team you have. Thank yeah. you, guys. And I just felt like there was just such a sense of fun here, that you guys know how to have fun together. And I felt like God say, just have fun for the sake of having fun. Like, don't overthink it and you just enjoy that time you spend together. Um, yeah, there's real power in unity, isn't there? And I think it's really special that the three churches have come together today. Um, but the word I felt God give me for you this week when I was praying for you was get comfortable in the uncomfortable. 
Um, and I sense there's some expansion and growing happening here. And actually that can sometimes feel really uncomfortable, can't it, um, when there's change. And we're currently having some building work done in our house. And it's really invasive and disruptive and messy. And to be honest, I can't wait for it to finish, really. Um, but I just feel like actually some of you actually might be feeling like that. Um, but, but actually, in a few months' time, it'll become your new normal. It'll actually feel really normal. Um, so, yeah, so God says, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, because this is for your growth and expansion. Um, and then I also uh, just want to step out with a couple of words of knowledge, a bit like Mark just did. Um, and I'm really happy to be wrong. It's fine. If nobody responds, that's absolutely fine. Um, but is there anybody here called Karen, Karen Palmer or Parker? Does that mean anything to anybody? Karen, don't want to put you on the spot. Palmer or Parker, no. Or does Rosewood Road mean anything to anybody? No, yeah, maybe. No, no. Has anybody found something this weekend that they'd lost that was really precious? No, no one. <laughs> that's okay. I'm happy, but that's fine. Or if you know you don't want to say now, come and find me later, and that's fine. Um, is somebody last one? Um, is somebody done a computer science degree? Some, or thinking of doing? Oh, th yeah. There's a hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's one over there as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just. Um, felt like God wanted to give you some dreams, actually, um, some creative dreams, um, some innov innovative ideas that he wants to give you. So just to be open in your dream life, in your sleep life, to be open to him speaking to you. Okay? again ah good morning um yeah i just when i was praying for you guys this this week i felt that um god had a question for you that uh, in jeremiah it says god says i am the lord the god of all mankind is anything too hard for me and i just felt that god was asking that over you and there may be some situations that you've faced where you've lost hope or that you've prayed before and nothing has happened, or that you might just think it's a little bit too big, actually. You know that God is, is powerful, but I don't know where to start with this. And so I just feel like God has got breakthrough for you, that you need to bring those things to the Father and lay them at his feet again. And the other thing, I mean, as we were worshipping this morning, I just saw this banner flying through the room um, of love. God's banner over you is love. As we were driving up this morning, um, we passed, we had to go through Henley on a bit of a detour. And uh, I don't know whether any of you have ever been to Henley. There's a brilliant ice cream shop there. If you've not been, you must go. And I felt that God was saying, um, it's okay to ask for a double portion this morning, whether that be joy, a double portion of peace, a double portion of his love of the infilling of his spirit this morning to, to just go for that. Um, yeah, so I have a couple of things to share. On the back of that, um, just that sense of, you know, God is a more than God, isn't he? And um, sometimes we come to God with that sense of, well, you know, I need this. But actually, he wants us to come to him with that sense of, well, what do you want? And so we were sharing some stories in the car about times when, actually recently, God's given us things that we, that we, that we want. And um, it, that's just been so encouraging. But it was just to encourage you to, you know, it's not just what we need, but he's a generous God. And he wants to give good gifts to his children. Um, the second thing is, um, so... Uh, 
you know, these, sometimes God gives us words, doesn't he, that come out of our own um, testimonies. And so when I prayed, was praying this week, I was just doing the washing up and I just felt like God wanted me to share this with maybe somebody here. Um, and it was, I think, you know, it's already been referred to today, um, heart wounds. Um, and I, I don't know if there are people here today who feel perhaps a bit like a victim, uh, maybe to their circumstances or in life or to their thoughts. And sometimes it's just sort of under that cloud of negativity. You know, they, you find that negative words come so easily to you or things always go wrong for me. You might use these kind of phrases or I just, I feel like a victim in my circumstances and you just can't stop it. And um, I don't know, you know, there may be a good reason for the cause of that. And God knows and he sees that. But today I feel like he wants to speak a better word over you. He wants to speak a word of freedom to you that you're not a victim, but that you are more, that you are more than a conqueror. And it's that more than again, isn't it, with God. We have a more than God who's capable of taking the worst things in our lives and transforming them. I mean, we know, don't we, that God works all things together for good. But I've been really challenged by the verse that, um, you know, when Joseph, he talks to his brothers and he said, what you intended for harm, God worked for good. And I feel like that's the challenge, isn't it, for us, is to find God today to have that sense of breakthrough. So I just want to encourage you, if there's anybody here who's carrying that heart wound, um, victim mindset, you know, God wants to speak a better word over you today that he will, what was intended for harm, he will work for good. Okay, so we're going to dip in and out of the prophetic. We're going to stop as we go. And uh, I don't know quite where we're going to go today, but we just want to be open uh, to what the Holy Spirit is doing because we want to encourage you. I hope you've got that already. Anybody feeling encouraged yet? Good, I'm so glad. I want to talk to you about the power of our words. We've already had some words, haven't we? Some words to encourage us. Because the words that we speak have got incredible power to set the course of our lives, to limit us, or to set us free. You know, with words we can curse, or we can bless, we can encourage, or we can discourage. And so I'd suggest to you that we need to be very careful what we say. Uh, Gary Chapman in his book, Love as a Way of Life, says our words can be either bullets or seeds. If we use our words as bullets, we bring harm. If we use our words as seeds, we give life. So how do we use our words? How have they been used with you? What words are you living with at the moment? Which words have inspired and encouraged you? What are the words that have limited you and stopped you from being the person that you were meant to be? Because, you know, sometimes it's not even our words. It's, it's the words that have been spoken and the labels that we wear. That's the problem. The things that we've believed about ourselves, the things that we think other people might think about us. Anybody? <laughs> or is that just me? Okay. <laughs> Listen, I want audience participation, so feel free to shout out at any time. But, you know, words are powerful. They are so powerful. So say amen. amen. Words are powerful. They can either encourage us and cause us to prosper, or they can cause us to fall. But Jesus speaks a better word. On, <laughs> he speaks a better word over us. His words bring life, they spring truth, and they, spring, and, and they set us free. So Jesus wants to speak a better word over yeah. you today. Amen. So I want to start, I'm going to prophesy corporately over yes. everybody all at once. Are you ready? Yes. I want you to stand for this. Because I want to speak over the church. Are you ready? Get ready to receive this word. This is for you. <coughs> You are, church, a holy people, a royal 
priesthood, the dwelling place of God on earth. You are filled with power that's like the working of his mighty strength. You are a gifted community full of potential, creativity and wisdom. You are a place of the redeemed, forgiven, cleansed and set free. You are light. You are light in the darkness, salt that preserves, heals and restores. Church, you are chosen by God. You are seated in heavenly places. You, even right now, are reigning with him. Any amens? You are the hope of the world. You are God's grace kisses to the earth. You are significant and magnificent displays of his glory. Yes, I am. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. He is for you, not against you. He is with you and his spirit is upon you because you are a resurrection people, a new life display of what is now possible. (laughs) You are the evidence of God's love for the world, his hope, his life, his joy, because you are the bride of Christ and you look beautiful. Lovers of God, lovers of people, you are and ever will be forever only here because you are the church of Jesus Christ and the people shouted, Amen! Amen! Amen. Praise God. Please take your seats. Please take your seats. Lord Jesus, we are humbled by what you say about us. We are humbled by the price that you paid for us to be called the church, to be called the bride of Christ. What an awesome privilege. Lord, let it sink in today. As I spoke those words, Lord, I pray freedom would come for churches here, that churches would be the church that they're meant to be in Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I just want to read to you from James chapter 3. We're going to just look at that passage. James chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 1 to 12. And here it is. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because, you know, he who teaches is going to be judged more strictly. (laughs) And we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example, although they're so large, uh, driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. I mean, just think about it. What a great forest is set on fire by such a small spark. Well, the tongue's just like that. A fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. And all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no one can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we can praise God and with it we can, conv- we can curse men who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Our brothers, this shouldn't be so. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, just in case you thought you were getting missed out there. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. So I want to talk to you about the power of the tongue. Um, and, and so James, essentially what he's saying here is that uh, our words are incredibly powerful. And he, said, and he warns those that talk the most, like teachers. Uh, and he uses them as an example. And he says, you're at the greatest risk of getting it wrong because it's so hard to always get it right when we say things. And so this passage is often used to warn us against being careless with our words, being careful about what we say and thinking about the consequences of what we say. But this isn't James's only message. Because what about if we could learn to use our words for good? 
There are some incredible, significant benefits for us and a church that knows how to declare the truth. Are you getting that? So there's three things I want to draw out for you, and it starts with taking a look at the way that you speak to yourself. Your self-talk. Or the words that come out of your mouth. So he says in verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault, cool, imagine that, is a perfect man. Don't you ladies want to meet that kind of guy? Able to keep their whole body in check. I mean, just think if that was possible. But you see, James is giving us a key here to keeping our lives on track. He says, look, just imagine the horse. It's just such a large, powerful animal. It was the most powerful machine he could think of at that time. And, and he says, it's so strong. It's far stronger than you or me, but you can control it with a tiny bit of metal in the mouth. Or think about the sailing ship. It's driven by these powerful forces. The wind blows it through stormy seas. It can travel great distances. It can carry huge cargoes. How powerful is this ship? But that is driven or it's directed by such a small piece of wood, which just looks like the tongue, actually, the rudder. And he says the tongue is capable of great boasts there in verse 5. He says you can make great claims. You can speak some big words. But here's the question. Are you master of it or does it master you? See, what we say, the words that come out of our mouths can set the direction of our whole lives. What you achieve in life is directly connected to how you think or you speak about yourself. Just think about it for a moment. Is your tongue a force for good or is it for evil? Are your words bullets or are they seeds? You know, what's some of the words that you're speaking about yourself right now? I mean just you. They're setting the tone and the direction of your life. What do you say to yourself about yourself? I mean, could you say those words in public? How do you talk about yourself to other people? You know, when you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm just... I'm not even going to finish that sentence because I might appall you. <laughs> How do you introduce yourself? How is your self-talk? What do you really think about yourself? Do you know who you are? Do you know how significant you are? Do you know how powerful you are? How loved you are? How redeemed you are? Do you know anything about the potential that you have in Christ? How do you introduce yourself? I'm a child of God. Wow, what a privilege. You see, James says that the tongue can be like the smallest spark that sets a forest on fire. It's, it's got this power to corrupt the whole person, to set the course of our lives into a destructive firestorm that can lead us even into hell itself. That's dreadful, isn't it? James, I'm sorry, mate, you're getting a bit extreme. Surely not. Surely it's not that bad. But if you think about what we are capable of saying with our tongue, you know, we, we can affect not just our lives, but our eternal salvation with the words that we confess. Think about it. Romans 10, 9, just in case you think I'm making this up, Paul says, if we declare with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we believe it in our hearts that Jesus, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved now that's some power there translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life by a confession with your mouth when the heart and the mouth combine in agreement there's incredible power that's unlocked on our behalf even leading to the saving of our souls guys have you got any idea of the power of your words does what you say truly reflect what you believe about yourself in your heart? Is it true? Because, you know, not every thought that goes through your mind is of God or even of you. It used to be a motto during the war. 
I've been told I'm not old enough. But it was careless. Stop it. Um, careless talk co costs lives. And that is just as true spiritually as it is physically. Careless talk costs lives. How much is your life being costed by your words? Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I said that about myself. I'm not very good at this. So sorry I said that, Lord. How many of you know that the tape that plays in our heads sometimes need re-recording? That shows my age. <laughs> <laughs> our minds need to be renewed with truth. Our words need to line up with the new identity that we have in Christ. And what the Father thinks about us is more important than what I think about myself. So let's have a quick practice getting our mouths to line up with truth and shake off a few lies that we might have been believing. You up for this? Yeah. I told you this is going to be interactive. I'm going to make you work. So I want you to stand again. And I haven't got a PowerPoint. Oh. Oh. I thought about it, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, No PowerPoint. No PowerPoint. <laughs> because he wants you to close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, and repeat after me. This is like a marriage service, okay? Here we go. I am accepted in Christ, significant and secure. I am accepted in Christ, significant and secure. I am a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. I am a child of God, chosen and adopted into his family. I am a child of God, chosen and adopted into his family. Feel free to raise your voices at any point when you say these amazing truths. I am loved by the Father who gave Jesus to die in my place. I am loved by the Father who gave Jesus to die in my place. I am justified, redeemed, forgiven and set free. Let some attitude come in. Come on. I am justified, redeemed, forgiven and set free. I am no longer condemned and need never be ashamed. I am no longer condemned and need never be ashamed. I know that God is for me, so who could be against me? My life is hidden with Christ in God. Enemy, you can't even touch me. <laughs> My life is hidden with Christ in God. Enemy, you can't even touch me because I am a citizen of heaven, seated with Christ in heavenly places. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Give yourself a round of applause. That's brilliant. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How about speaking some of that to yourself, eh? How about retraining the mind to think like Jesus says and what Jesus says about us? How about putting that up on your mirror tomorrow and when you wake up and you look in the, and say, I've put on a bit of weight and I've gone a bit grey. No, I am a new creation. The old is gone. <laughs> the new is come in Jesus' name. Yes. Please do take your seats again. Getting a bit carried away now. I could become Pentecostal all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, our words are very powerful. I hope you're getting that message. And Jesus speaks a better word over us. I like what he says about me more than what I think about myself or have thought about myself. Our words are very powerful. So if we're going to make the most of the power of the tongue, we need it tamed. That's what James tells us. We need to tame our tongue. Verse 7 to 8, he points out that man has tamed all kinds of wild animals a great deal more successfully than we have succeeded in taming the wild animal that lives in some of our very mouths, the tongue. 
The tongue, he says, is like an angry and poisonous snake and it needs to be tamed if it's not going to harm me or those around me. At this point, James asks us to think about the effect of our words around us. That's where we're going next. Think about the effect of your words on those that you live with, those that you work with, those that you're in church with. Think about that. Because people who are around you are affected by what you say and the way that you say it. You create atmosphere around you with the words that you speak. And I'm not just talking about when people are in your earshot. Because what you say about people, other people, affects them, even if it's in the minds of the person you're speaking to about that person. You are already affecting them in her mind, his mind. You've got to be careful what you say. And James particularly warns teachers about the words that they use, and this is because they have a position of authority. And so those in authority over others have a special responsibility to guard what they say and how they say it. So I might get the team up again now for this, but I want to just speak over some groups of people right now. I want to speak over some people in authority. Any teachers here? School teachers. Can you just stand up, school teachers? Teachers, stand up. Let's applaud them. Woo! Come on, you teachers. Thank you, Jesus, for the teachers. Do you know, I just want to say over you teachers that there is nothing more prophetic than somebody who talks to and trains and unlocks potential in the future generations. You are powerful. What you say has incredible power to bless and release children into destiny. I just want to say that Jesus speaks a better word over you teachers than the chief education officer, than Ofsted. He speaks a better word. I break the power of those people because Jesus speaks a better word over you. And Mark's going to come and tell you something about teachers. I don't know. Wait. Oh, you're standing up. Okay, I'm sorry. Up I am He's a teacher. I forgot that. <laughs> um, no, no I, I just feel that there, there's massive potential for you to bless your communities. And one of the things that I found a couple of years ago when there was a big deal being made about how we have to safeguard and protect ourselves around children, and there was a lot of things about physical contact. When the children in my school pass me in the corridor, I bless them. Yeah. I bless them. And I do it by asking them how they are, and they never know I do it. Isn't it great? What a privilege. And I put my hand on their back and I say, how are you? And I'm blessing them. Yeah, come and on. I'm unlocking the goodness of God in their lives. And then when they have a need, who do you think they come to speak to? They come to speak to me, which is just such a privilege. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> and, and so actually some of the children in my school who are most vulnerable, I'm their head teacher, I don't see them a massive amount. But when they draw circles of who is in their inner circle, I get in. Mm. You get in. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you that you would bless the children whose lives that you impact. I yeah. bless the families that you touch through the goodness of God that's worked out in you. I want you to know you are different Amen. and distinctive and you bring the power and the presence of God every day and to you it feels ordinary. Amen. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Okay, so what we want to do is church, these are your teachers. We want you to care for them and we want you to bless them. Will you just stretch your hands towards them? Will you just put your hands on them? If you're near a teacher, grab a teacher. <laughs> Safeguarding. <laughs> this is safe, I promise. And I just want you to pray your best prayer over the teachers right now. Go on, go and pray them. Pray in the spirit if you can't think of any words. Oh, you're so good. I'm going to pray for Jill, Lord Jesus, that she would have 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to say, teachers, you've got incredible power to lay out boundaries for the children that you teach, to speak possibility and promise over them. So we commission you as the church to go into our community and affect the future generations with your words in the name of Jesus. And we just pray for a fresh dispensation of grace over you to do that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please do sit down, teachers. I just felt really powerful telling teachers to stand up. I don't know why. <laughs> sit down. Yeah. That was me at school, always getting in trouble. There you go. So any parents here? Just wondered. Might be one or two. Parents, stand up. Let's applaud our parents. Come on, you wonderful people. You wonderful people. Parents, stand up. Your parents. Right, the rest of you are the ministry team. So how about that? Would you like to just put your hand on a parent right now? We're just going to bless parents in Jesus' name. I just want to say parents have got incredible power to bless and release their children. It just struck me um, when our little boy was very young, he uh, developed a terrible stutter as he was starting to speak and went to speech therapy and all that kind of thing. And then God suddenly said to me one day, I want you to bless his speech every day. And I did. I literally said, I bless you, Sam. I bless your speech. I bless your words. And I bless your future in the name of Jesus. That was our bedtime prayer routine. He doesn't stutter anymore. Amen. You know, it didn't last very long. It went off him and he developed and grew. We blessed his development. Parents, you've got incredible power to bless your children and to speak destiny and future over them. Let's just pray for our parents. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So Kate's going to come and pray over a blessing over the parents right now. Father God, we thank you so much for the privilege it is to have these children in our lives, Lord God. I just bless all of the parents yeah. here, Lord God, that they would speak a better word over their children, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be a parent, Lord God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Well, please do take a seat, parents. Church leaders, anybody who's in leadership in church, I don't mean just elders, I mean small group leaders, kids work leaders. Oh, they're out. But just stand up. Um, I just want to say, church leaders, you, you guys, I'm speaking eye to eye here, right? Okay, you've got to be particularly careful what you say to people because it's not only a position of authority, there is spiritual authority in what you say. And do you know one of the things I love is calling out the golden people in my church. I love to just get them and, and like last weekend we just prophesied, we just randomly prophesy over people to just bless them and unlock potential in them. Because often we can see what they can't see. We can also see the bad stuff sometimes, but we don't want to speak that out. I want to speak incredible blessing and potential. So I just want to bless you as a church leader right now and just say you have incredible authority to bring incredible good into your churches and therefore into your communities. You have incredible power to bless. So we bless you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. May your words be seasoned with salt. May your words bring truth that sets people free.
We bless you, we bless you, we bless you, and we thank you. Thank you for leading us. We know it's a really tough job. I could get my soapbox right now, but I won't. It's a tough job, but we bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. That's enough of all that. Amen. Um, so I realize that there are also situations where we can come under negative words from people in authority. You know, my teacher said, Rob, you'll never amount to much if she could see me now. <laughs> but there can be words that uh, undermine us, uh, limit us, even curses. And I want to pray about that in a bit. But um, I want to bless those people. If, you, if you're in that category, I want to... The, the antidote is actually blessing. <laughs> I've got the power to bless. In fact, Jesus has commanded me to bless. Yeah. And who can reverse that? Yeah. We've been commanded to bless. So I want to bless you if that's the category that you're in because Jesus speaks a better word over you and over your life and over your future and over your imagination and over your education, over your achievements, over your finances. Jesus speaks a better word. So I want to bless you if that's the category that you are in because blessing is more powerful than cursing. Say that with me. Blessing is more powerful than cursing. So let's just carry on in James for a bit and we'll come back to that. Uh, because if it's so important to guard our words, how do we do this? How do we tame the tongue? Well, James says that taming the tongue is done by changing the heart. It's by changing the heart. And one of the worst things about what we say is when it leads to hypocrisy. That's what the great boasting bit is about. Great words, but not a great life. So are you being honest about the state of your heart when you speak? Perhaps you're being more, more honest than you meant to be. <laughs> With the same mouth, James says in verses 9 to 12, we praise God and we curse one another. Out of the same mouth comes cursing and blessings, and this should not be. We can speak negatively, but when we do, we're in conflict with the Holy Spirit who lives in us. God is never negative. Can you say that with me? God is never negative. Say it again. I'm not sure some of you believe that. God is never negative. So if you ever hear a negative word, that's not God. He is never negative. He speaks a better word over us. For how can fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? One kind of water nourishes and sustains and the other brings death. And we're meant to bring life. That's verse 11. How can olive trees, figs, produce figs or fig trees produce olives? Verse 12, meaning you're inconsistent. Do what you say. Say what you mean. Or are you mean in what you say? <laughs> but you see, our hearts need to be right. If the words that come out of our mouths are going to be right. And so Jesus, quoting Proverbs, says that it's out of the fullness of the heart. I mean, it's what's in the heart, what the heart is full of, that comes out of the mouth. Mm. Uh, have you noticed how sometimes you don't know what you really think about something until it comes out of your mouth? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> Relief, finally I got that out. Other times we can shock ourselves with what comes out. I never knew I felt like that. A friend of mine used to say, it's not your actions, but your reactions that reveal what's truly in your heart. Because what comes out in those unguarded moments are often a truer reflection of what we're feeling than what we deliberately say or do. Now, of course, when this happens, the temptation is to put a button on the lip and make a hasty exit. But I think this. That's the time when we need to stop and listen to what we're saying. Not make the hasty exit and say, look, why did I say that? Why am I feeling that? What's wrong and what am I going to do about it? And go around. Go around the circle of reflection. Why did that come out? 
Because these moments of unintended revelation are important indicators for all newborn believers that I need to sort something out because when I hear the words from my own mouth, I know that my heart isn't right at the moment. I need some healing. Anybody? Do you know what I'm talking about? And sometimes our hearts can only be healed when we let the poison out. And so we need to find some safe spaces and some safe people to process some of these things. People that won't judge us, but will hear us and pray with us and walk us through to a place of healing. Can I have an amen? Have you got any of those people in your lives? People that you can just say, look, I need to come and splurge right now. Is that okay? Don't judge me. (laughs) I've got to get some things off my chest. And as long as you will then give them permission to challenge you, okay, you need need Jesus to change your heart on that issue. So I want to ask you, does your heart need some attention today? It's a sign. Uh, (laughs) The wind's blowing. It's a sign. The wind is blowing in this place. Do you need to sort some things out? You'll, you'll know if it's true because it comes out of your mouth. You can't help it. Maybe not at the front, in front of everybody. Hopefully not. It usually happens at home when you feel safe. But something comes out of your mouth, it's an unkind word or a negative assault or even a curse. Well, stop there. Something's wrong. And some honest work needs to be done. But of course, the opposite can also be true. One of the ways that I know that things are good with my heart is if I sing. Unconsciously, tunelessly, noisily. But I know that zippity doo zippity day. It's that feeling. I know things are right. It is well with my soul. I can feel it. That's true too. Some of you are looking concerned now, but that is actually a true story. Um, But I hum a bit, words of worship, praise spills out of my heart and they enter my mouth. That's how I know things are well. How about you? What's coming out of your mouth that reveals something in your heart at the moment? Don't all shout out at once. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to conclude to say that our words are powerful. They can shape the direction of our lives. Our tongue needs to be tamed. We need to be careful what we say. And our words come from what is in our hearts. Who we are now affects how we live. But Jesus speaks a better word over you. So I want to ask you to do some homework this week. I haven't got a PowerPoint because Jesus told me not to bring one. But <laughs> So, number one, I want you to take some time this week to listen to your self-talk. Listen to yourself. Listen to what comes out. Consciously pay attention at how you think and speak about yourself. And think about, could I say that in public? If I said that in front of church, what would people say? If I said that in front of people that really love me, what would they say? Perhaps you need to change the way that you speak. Secondly, listen to the words you use about others. Are your words like bullets or seeds? Parents and children, leaders, in the workplace even, do you need to make some apologies? Have you got some wrong attitudes that need dealing with? And thirdly, listen to your heart. So pay attention to what comes out in those unguarded moments. There's no condemnation in what I'm saying. That is not the point. Because whatever comes out of our hearts, he wants to heal. Stop holding things in and pretending that leads to hypocrisy. It's better to get it out than in. And keep it in. Um, So, there you go. Those are good things. Because your words are powerful even to change the course of your life. So what words are you going to say today? He wants to speak a better word over you. He wants to speak a better word over you than depression. A better word over you than despair. A better word over you than condemnation. He wants to speak a better word over you than loss. 
or hopelessness. In Jesus' name. So I just want to come back to, we're going to, I don't know what time we're meant to be doing. Okay, nothing, anything. Around now, now, okay. (laughs) He was giving me the look, you know. (laughs) No, okay. I I just want to do one more thing. Can you cope with that? Because I want to help those people that might have had negative words spoken over them. Anybody? You know, it's a teacher, a parent, your boss at work. It's it's been a limiting thing. Your church leader. It's all right. They're not looking. Um, But these are real things. And so for those who've had negative words, I'm not going to get you to stand up. It's okay. I'm not going to expose you like that. Um, but I want to ask you to do something very brave. I want to ask you to make a decision right now to forgive them. That's the first step. Why? Surely they don't deserve it and they don't know that I'm doing this. I know, I've been through all those thoughts. The reason is a bit selfish you set yourself free. You set yourself free from the words that they've spoken over you by choosing to forgive them anyway. That's why. And then the healing can begin. So if that's you, right, just bow your heads. Let's, everybody, let's just bow our heads, shall we? We're in church. That's what you do. Just put your hand on your heart and just say, Lord. And just replay it to him. Say, Lord, that negative word. Tell him what it is. Tell him about it where you are. And then just say these words, I renounce the lie that says I am and whatever that word is. I renounce the lie that says that in Jesus' name. And I choose right now, here's the rest of the words, I choose right now to forgive that person in authority and set myself free. But I also set them free too. Okay, well done. That's the first step. Now, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what truth he wants to give you in exchange for that lie. So just go back to him again. What truth... Do you want to give me in place of that lie? What's he say to you? What truth does he want to give you in exchange for the lie? The the lie that says you're rubbish. The lie that says you'll not amount to anything. What does Jesus say? Because he speaks a better word. What does he want to say over you? You are powerful. You are accepted. I'm just going to say a load of words. Just grab one that fits with you. You are wonderful. Hey, you, you're beautiful. You are acceptable. You are enough. You have potential. You are going to be successful. You are loved unconditionally. I give you hope of a future. You're not hopeless. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just minister to us right now. Guys, I'm not trying to make light of some things that have happened to some people. I'm just trying to show you this is how you process some of those things. And you might need a bit more time to do that. You might need someone to sit with you and do that. But ask the Holy Spirit, show me the lie that I've been believing. Show me what's been spoken of me that's restricting me, Jesus. Because I'm going to renounce that lie, forgive that person, and I'm going to receive a new truth because Jesus speaks a better word over me. Thank you, Jesus. Team, do you want to bring any more? We've got, like, no time. But 
30 seconds each. Um, just got a word for um, students who are about to go to university and uh, feel that um, there's, there's a temptation to think I've got new freedom and now's the time to step away from the things that my family have brought me into. Jesus wants to speak a better word to you. Hmm. It's time for you to step into the promises that he's always had for you and to prove him on your own. And so he just wants to correct that lie and just graciously challenge you. If that's you, this is your time to think that's, that's not the way for me. Any more? Okay. Alison's telling me I need to do more, but I've done lots, so we're okay. But just stand with me. Sorry? No, no, no. We don't, we don't need no band. We just need the Holy Spirit. You have a wonderful band. I'm not dismissing them. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Are you ready? He is so excited about these churches, you know. Come on, Lord, release your joy over these people. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and bring freedom where you want to bring it right now. Come, Jesus, and do what you want to do by the Holy Spirit. We just release your favor in this place over this wonderful people. You are such a wonderful group of people. Wow, if you could only see, if you could only know how great you are in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just put your hand on the person next to you. We're just going to pray the Holy Spirit comes. Now I'm going to put my hand on this lady and we're going to send a power charge around the room. Lord, we just release your power in this room right now, your favour in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, spread like wildfire, Lord. I pray for fresh baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Fresh fire, fresh wind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just want to come down here a bit. Is that okay? Do you mind if I come between you? Just bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Just say, whoa! <sighs> Sorry, I can't hold you. <laughs> bless you. Bless her anyway, Lord. Just bless you. Bless you. Can you just turn around and bless that lady for me there? Bless that lady. Would you just turn around and bless that lady behind you as well? We just bless you. Lord, we just ask you for the fire of your spirit to set this church on fire in a new way for your glory. Just bless the person next to you. Just say, I bless you. I bless you because that's the antidote to cursing. That's the antidote to cursing. I bless you. I bless this man with a beautiful shirt. I love your shirt, man. Just bless you. Bless this row in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. We bless you. Are you okay with blessing? Is that all right with you? Just receive blessing. Just receive blessing. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just bless yourselves. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless your ministry. I bless your life. I bless your finances. I bless your future. In Jesus' name. I bless your leadership. Whoa! Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I bless that back row in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. So I just want you to get into the habit of being a blessing to one another. That's the word for today. So when you, I know we say, oh, that's a bit churchy, isn't it? 
It's powerful. It's spiritual warfare when you say, I bless you. So why don't you just turn to the person next to you and bless them. Just say, I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless your finances. I bless your health. I bless you. Thank you. I want to bless you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I am blessed. And thank you for your blessing. My pleasure. Bless you. Thank you, Lord. Whoa! Oh, man. I'm done, so I'm handing back to you. All right. <laughs>